Blog Talk Radio. All right, greetings to everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us today. My name is Brother Hawk Golden, and as usual, I'm so grateful to be able to come before you and uh, to share with you the things that the Lord has laid on my heart to share. All right, so if you have your Bibles, let's go to the 13th chapter of the book of Romans. The 13th chapter of the book of Romans. Today we're going to talk to you about uh, what it means when the Bible says to owe no man. We're going to put that in its right perspective. I've heard people say, and people have even called me and or emailed me and questioned me about it, about owing no man. And usually they take that to mean naturally so as far as uh, you shouldn't be in debt. Uh, of course, you know, if we were going to follow this scripture in that manner, uh, naturally so, then that would mean that you'd have to purchase a house outright. You wouldn't be able to get a loan or anything like that. So we know it doesn't mean that because in the Bible, uh, getting a loan was biblical. You just couldn't charge uh, usury, you know, or, and so, <laughs> in other words, you couldn't charge interest. And so we know that it doesn't mean that, of course, when you when you line Scripture up with Scripture. So we'll look at this and see exactly what it's talking about. So let's, let's read. We're going to 13th chapter of the book of Romans. We're going to start reading at verse 8. It says, Owe no man anything to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. So if owe no man was talking about money, don't owe anybody anything. Don't go and borrow money. And, of course, now we're not advocating going out and borrowing money or anything like that, but we're just saying it does not mean that. If it meant that, then it, the other side of it, it says, but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. So <laughs> you can't pay back a loan with love. You see, you can't walk into a bank or to the, to the company, the finance institution that have, have uh Finance your mortgage. You can't say, you know, I love y'all. Is that, is that good for a payment? You know, is, 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 will that work for you? No. So owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. Now, this is also for you people that call yourself being law keepers. If you're going to keep the law, it says that love fulfills the law. Let's go and keep reading verse 9. For this, Thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. Now, today we don't understand, you know, so we're going to stop here just for a minute. Today we don't understand the concept of bearing false witness. Uh, But in the Bible there was a such thing as that, and, and even today it really is, it really has to do with lying on another person, but... Back then, it was more grave, you know, the the consequences uh, were more immediate, and you saw the effects of it immediately. What do I mean? Well, back then, uh, if someone was accused of something, they didn't go to trial for it or anything like that. Uh, If someone was accused of something by a neighbor, by someone that they knew or somebody that may have witnessed what they had done, like say, for instance, Someone may have killed someone. 
and uh, somebody else saw it, then that person could bear witness against them, and if two other people saw it, they could bear witness against them, and whatever the penalty was, that that person would be. They didn't have a jury of 12, so like say, for instance, if, if someone uh, killed someone, of course, the penalty for that was death. Just That was just automatic. You, know, you were not on death row. There were no appeals. You know, you were not sitting there for 12 or 15 years uh, or anything like that. When you were caught doing something, uh, you paid for it right then and there, you know. And so if you were if you were caught killing someone and you had three witnesses against you that bore witness or that would bear witness against you, uh, that was all it took. And they would take you and stone you right there. You didn't, there was none of this what we got to face, you see. And so... We saw the consequences of it. So now, Baron false witness is lying, you know, just going along. Okay, yeah, I saw him do I sure did. He, he, he's that type of person in a way, you know. So it, it has to do with lying. Now we, we see the same thing where people bear false witness, in other words, lie. And instead of killing the person naturally so, they kill their influence. You do that. They kill their influence. You, you got a person just going around talking, you know, what I call out of the side of their mouth, talking, 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 and saying different things about different people. You can kill that person's influence. That's the reason why Satan attacked ministers so hard and things like that, because you can kill their influence, you know, that they're supposed to have in different people's lives, because they, they are supposed to have influence. Now, make no mistake about that. And so here we, we see this because, of God's system and the way that he had set it up. And so these people understood it. When you bear false witness, somebody could die from it. You see that? When you bear false witness like that, you know. All right, so let's go ahead and read this scripture again, verse 9. It says, For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet, and if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So when you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not stealing from him. You're not going to kill him. You're not going to commit adultery with them or their spouse. You're not going to covet what they have. You're not going to lie on them. You're not going to bear false witness against them. So so what is he saying? That all of these commandments that God has given out, especially what it has to do with other people, those things are covered in one word, love. Let's read verse 10. It says, love worketh no ill to his neighbor. You see that? Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So what happens? Again, now this is just with anything. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, what was he really saying? He, he was not saying, if you love me, then why don't you do what I say do? What he was really saying is, if you really love me, you would keep my commandments. In other words, love is the fulfilling of the commandments. So you're not burdened, you're not burdened, you're not grieved, it's not hard to live for the Lord. That's that's a lie. When love is there, it's not hard. Now, if you don't have the love, then it's hard. When you're dealing with people, it may be hard to deal with people when you don't love them. And I'm not talking about fond, fond of them or getting along with them. I'm talking about loving them with the love of God. 
It is not hard to get along with people when you have the love of God on the inside of you. You see that? So it says love working no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law, you see. And so that's, that's the way it is. It's when you love people, you're going to treat them right. When you love people, you may not want to be around people all the time, but, you you know, you're not going to mind loving on them, you see that. You're not going to mind loving them, you see, and you will treat them right. And look at what it says, love works no ill. In other words, you're not thinking anything bad. You want to see the best for people. You want to see people grow in the Lord. It's like you just, when you love somebody, you can't help but to love them. You see, just like if you love your spouse, you, you don't mind doing things for them. You don't mind doing the laundry. You don't mind cooking. You don't mind, you know, running to the store to get something for them real quick or whatever. All of those things, that's the, all of that is fulfilled in love. Now, marriage is a burden to you when love is not present. You see, that it becomes a burden. And let me make this clear. Love is a choice. It's a decision. It is a choice. You don't, you, you can't just expect Love to just automatically flow. It is a choice. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So because he loved, he gave, and that's what love does. It, it was a choice to do that. You see that? Now, that's what you have to know. Love is not a feeling like what people think. Love is not, okay, I'll do this because when I feel like it. Love does because it, it can't help but to do that, you see. And so that's what God wants us to understand. So when we go back to verse 8, it says, Oh, no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. It goes back to the prayer that Jesus Christ prayed. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debt. In other words, forgive us what we owe as we forgive those that owe us. In other words, you're talking about debt. So in other words, what is it talking about? You're talking about the balance there, the scales. When you do something against someone, even if you don't realize it, you owe them, even if it's an apology. Now, some people, they got different rules, you know, just like, when I was in the military and going from from state to state or even from country to country, you find out that different people have different rules. One, you know, in one state they have capital punishment, and uh, somebody can get pulled over. Uh, like in, when I was stationed in California, uh, when people got pulled over with weed or drugs or something, you know, like that, you know, they might get a ticket, just fifty dollar ticket. And so it was nothing to see people just walking down the street smoking weed like they smoke cigarettes, which was very odd to me because I'm from Louisiana. In Louisiana, at that time, when you if you got pulled over with weed, you might not ever see the light of day again. I mean, ever. You see, they they took those things very serious. And so, different systems have different rules and different penalties for the same for the same crime. And so that's the way it is with people as well. Different people, you know, just depending on where they are, especially in the law, they have different penalties for different trespasses or different debts. And so you may have someone who uh, you may trespass them and against them some way, maybe not speaking to them or something like that. And so 
And also what may be a crime, uh, a trespass to one may not be to another. That's what we were talking about last week about the people's pet peeves, you know, that, you know, what is it, does the word say it's a trespass? In other words, does, does the word say that it's, it's wrong? Now, if the word don't say that it's wrong, then you should not adopt it as being wrong. That's just your pet peeve, and you need to pray and ask the Lord to just help you get over whatever your pet peeve is. And so, so different people have different mindsets and different attitudes towards death. And so the Bible tells us to, you know, that ask to ask the Lord to forgive us our debts and what we owe as we forgive our debts, in other words, the people that we owe. And so uh, the people that owe us, rather. And so the problem is a lot of times these people are in different places in their life, and what they take as just something serious, a wrong look, you know, a look, a perceived wrong look, put you in the debt of someone else because of where they are. And a wrong look to someone else, and somebody else might not let it get to them at all. They just may assume, well, I guess you're just having a bad day. And so the idea is for us to owe no man anything. In other words, now, how do we do this? If we perceive that our relationship has been broken with someone, if we perceive that, uh, maybe something is not right between us and someone else, then we go to them and ask them, hey, did I offend you some kind of way? Did I do something wrong to you? Owing no man anything. In other words, that's love. Now, a lot of times people are so proud, they, they don't want to even put themselves in a place to have to ask for forgiveness or to, to apologize for anything. So what you do is you work those things out with love. That's what it's talking about, that, Love is the fulfilling of the law. So if, if if I go to you and I pick up that you have bitterness or you have bitterness towards me and you come to me and you say, you know, Brother Bolton, I got something in my heart towards you. Will you please forgive me? Well, that, that settles. Now, me as a Christian, that should settle your penalty. I don't, I don't need to, to write it. You know uh, the three main agencies and, and reported. You know your debt or anything like that. I, I shouldn't have to hold that over your head. When you ask for forgiveness, that settles your account with a belief. So that's what it means. Oh no, man. <clears throat> oh no, man. Anything. When when you make things right with people, that that settles your account. It's not, and the account is not settled. <clears throat> as long as even if you come and ask for forgiveness or I ask you for forgiveness, if those things are still being brought up, then the debt is not settled. <clears throat> if you ever had a negative mark on your credit report and you, you maybe you owe a doctor bill or something like that and you pay that doctor bill off, they're obligated to take that off of your account and at least mark that it's paid so that it's no longer a negative mark. And so <clears throat> once you have paid it, you no longer owe them. And so every few years or every few months, they're not putting that mark on your credit report and say, you know what, yeah, they paid it. They apologized, in other words, but they, they still owe me. I, I don't like what they did. I'm spreading around everything that they did. 
They don't do that. The law, the law won't allow them to do that. Once your debt has been paid, naturally so, it is paid, and they have to do something about that. They can't have it hanging out there like you didn't pay it. They have to, they have to uh, remedy that. And so that's the way it is with, between us as brothers and sisters in Christ and just mankind in general. When someone has made something right, when they have paid the debt, whatever that debt may have been, you know, whether they get an apology settled it, you know, even you see that in the Old Testament as well, how when somebody did something against another person, that person was given the opportunity to decide what they owed. You know, in other words, the person that was offended or the person that the crime was committed against, they could decide whether or not uh, you, you, you know, you owed them. So in the Old Testament, it, it, it was fact. If you knock somebody's tooth out, they had a right to knock yours out. Now, depending on where they were, how I pray, and I, I try to picture that, how that could happen. I'm, I'm sure that it did because God made it a law, an eye for an eye, two for two. You knock a person's eye out, they could knock yours out, they, and that person was responsible for doing it. And so I try to imagine that, and my prayer is that somebody somewhere had a relationship with God enough to say, you know what, even though I'm going to be walking around bag or two for the rest of my life, I don't want somebody else walking around looking like that. You see that? I don't want somebody else walking around with one eye and a pirate patch over the other one, you see. You know, so that that's the way we are as believers. We forgive people of their things. We, for, we forget that they are. Now, why does God start off with committing adultery and thou shalt not kill and all these things being fulfilled. Why does he start off with these grave sins that you can commit against people? Why? Because God always, by faith, since he lives like that, he sees the end results. That's why he says if you hate your brother without a cause, you're a murderer. What does he mean? Well, you get offended at someone. Whatever reason, maybe you don't like the way they dress, you don't like the way they look, you don't like the way their children act, whatever the case is, you get offended at them, pretty soon that offense turns into bitterness. Bitterness turns into hatred. Hatred turns into murder. In other words, you can, it goes from one level to the other. And I find, you know, especially dealing with people, the longer you hold on to something, the more drastic it becomes. And so God sees the end of it. God knows where it's going. So in your mind, oh, it's not that big of a deal. You know, especially you can even go to somebody and say, hey, brother, did I do something against you? And they may say, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, you know. Now, of course, they lie, you know, a lot of times. And so that lie <clears throat> causes them to hold on to it because they're not really fine. In their mind, I'd rather choose to hold on to it. Now, which one of you have ever loaned money to somebody and maybe they didn't pay it back the day that they wanted to pay it back or that they said or whatever? Or maybe they they do intend to pay it on time, but because you have loaned them money, you've given them money, you may decide, you know what, I want my money back. Or you may be mad at the fact that you actually loaned the money, especially after you think about it you think, you know what, this person is irresponsible. They're not responsible. I shouldn't have even loaned the money or whatever. And so when this person comes to you, now you have developed an attitude towards them because they owe you money. And this person comes to you and says, you know what, 
I have your money. I'm ready to pay you back. And you say in your mind, you know what? Forget about it. Forget about it. I don't, I'm fine. So I'm, you, you don't, I don't want your money. I don't, I don't, you don't have to pay me back. I'm good. And so you rather walk around bitter, even though the person was trying to pay it back, even though the person was trying to make it right, you'd rather walk around bitter and not accept the payment than to accept the payment and say, you know what, it's settled now. Now our relationship is back where it was before. I don't owe you. You don't owe me. Everything is settled. And so that's what people do. Now, I can promise you banks don't do that. Banks don't get mad at anybody. You see that? that you you just going to pay them back at all. And so that's the way God wants us to handle it. You Not only does the person need to be willing to pay the debt or owe no man anything, but on the other side of it, you need to be willing to say, you know what, let's settle this. Why? Because the longer you hold on to the things that's not settled in your mind, the more gunpowder is stacked up, the more it's going to blow over later, the more poison you get. And that's not God's will. If somebody didn't come to you and try to make things right, you are obligated as a believer to accept that that they to accept that payment. You see that that it, it takes a, a a real spiritual individual to want to make things right. But you know what? It also takes a, a, a spiritual a, a good spiritual individual to want to make things right. In other words, on both sides, it takes it. And I have seen it from every angle. You got one side, maybe that's too stubborn to even go to the person and say, hey, did I do something wrong to you? And then you got another person that's too stubborn that even if the person came to them and said, hey, did I do something wrong to you? They'll just ignore it or they'll just write it off as, no, I'm fine, I'm good. That's not God's will. You cannot, and I pray that you hear me, you cannot get into heaven having anything in your heart towards anybody, you cannot. It shows that something's wrong with your heart. It shows that God is not there. You need to forgive. That means, and you need to allow people to be forgiven. Oh, no man, anything. You see that? So if you owe an apology, you go and give that apology. If you owe forgiveness, then if somebody, what did, what did Peter ask the Lord? Well, Lord, how, how often am I supposed to uh, forgive my brother? You know, you know, seven times in a day? And the Lord said, no, 70 times seven. In other words, if he comes to you and, and he, he does something against you 490 times in a day and asks you to forgive him, you do that. You do that. You see that? And so, oh, no man, anything. And also, allow people not to owe you anything. Don't, don't, that's to me, that's witchcraft. That's control. That's, you know what, you're going to hurt me, and I'm going to hold it over your head, and I'm going to make you pay by not making you pay, by not letting you pay, which is insane when you think about it. And, of course, that's not God's will. Isn't, wouldn't it be crazy? For you to owe a bank a mortgage payment and you go up there to pay them and somebody up there mad and they say, you know what, we're not taking your payment. We sure not. That that would be crazy. So if somebody owes you, allow them to apologize. Allow them to make it right. And if you owe someone, you you apologize. You make it right. You ask for forgiveness. You don't 
that ought to be enough for for you believers to ask asking for forgiveness. That should be enough. The Bible says, "Vengeance is mine; I will repay." I told him that's God talking. Vengeance is mine, and a lot of times to us, an apology is not good enough. That ain't good enough. I got to make you suffer the way that I'm cringing up over here and suffering. Except that person just go on with their life, and you suffer even more because they're not paying you in in another mind. They don't did what they're supposed to do, and and they made it right with God. And just because now, let me make this clear: just because you don't accept it doesn't mean that God doesn't. Now, the problem is with you. It's not with the other people. It's with you, you see. And so a lot of times what happens is we're not satisfied. An apology and asking for forgiveness, that's not good enough. We need to make them pay some other kind of way. And God doesn't do that. It doesn't matter what you've done, you know, outside of blaspheming the Holy Spirit, God will forgive you. Now, there may be some reaping and sowing later on, you know, but that's because of what you have planted. And I believe that God intends for us to extend that same mercy. Somebody asking for forgiveness ought to be good enough. You know why? Because it was good enough for God when you asked for forgiveness. You see that? Now, that's God's will. Owe no man anything. If you owe someone an apology, if you need somebody's forgiveness, ask them. Don't be stubborn. Don't be too proud to do that, and that should fix that. But if somebody owes you forgiveness and they come to you trying to make things right, you accept it. You see that? And that way we can all just continue to walk in love. Amen. So we want to say thank you all for joining us today. I pray that something was said that has been a blessing to you, and we look forward to sharing more of God's word with you in the future. Have a blessed day.